This is episode 335 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are Homemade Vinegar Weed Killer, Controlling Weeds Naturally, and How to Achieve a Year of Preparedness. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. Hey, if you find that you are running low on money to prepare, I'm telling you, the key to preparedness is having multiple streams of income. If you'd like to have more information on this ebook and also the Prepper Website forums, go to microbiz.biz or come over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. There's going to be a link in the show notes. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our first article. It comes to us from oldworldgardenfarms.com. And this is a great article here, uh, great information on DIY weed killer. Um, if you're using Roundup, Roundup is just full with a lot of nasty chemicals that you really do not want sprayed in your yard. Um, eventually, maybe someday you might want to use uh, your yard for uh, growing uh, a garden or something along those lines. And uh, you just don't want that stuff in your dirt. And uh, not to mention, it's just not good for the environment. Uh, there's so many chemicals that are in our uh, in our soil now, and they're running off, and it's uh, just really hurting the environment. And so this is a way to do it uh, naturally and very safely. So this is one that you might want to actually write down the recipe or come over to the website and copy down uh, this article so you have that inf- this information. But I'm going to tell you, it's very easy to make, easy to use. And so let's go ahead and jump right into it. We are asked quite often about how we create and use our vinegar weed killer at the farm. Without it, it would be simply impossible to maintain the property. Over the years, we have created a lot of stone walkways, paths, and brick patios at the farm. Add to that a 400-foot driveway that leads to the barn and garden below, and you have a lot of area that are prone to weeds. And that is where vinegar has come to the rescue. It has not only proven to be effective at weed control, but keeps us worry-free about using any commercial herbicides. We are proud to keep our little three-acre mini farm organic. It is safe for us, our bees, chickens, and of course, our farm dog, Jazzy. So homemade natural vinegar weed killer. For our homemade vinegar weed killer, we use a stronger substance called horticulture vinegar. Standard vinegar, the type found in your local supermarket, can be used but it has a much lower acidity rate. Horticulture vinegar can be purchased with a 20 to 30% acidity rate. Store-bought, on the other hand, is usually around 5%. If you are simply killing tiny weeds on a patio or driveway surface, the lower acidity versions will work. However, you need to use it at full strength. When weeds are at their peak in spring and early summer, we mix our vinegar weed killer in a ratio of four parts horticulture vinegar to one part water to keep the acidity level high. If they are especially stubborn weeds, we use it at full strength to take care of the problem. Once summer comes and weeds slow down, we generally will mix one part 
horticulture vinegar with one part water. It keeps the acidity rate of the solution between 10 and 15 percent, which is highly effective at controlling the less aggressive weeds. With the strong solution, you usually see leaves curl and brown within 8 to 12 hours. With the regular vinegar solution, it can be 24 hours or more to see results. Here's a product link to the 20% horticulture vinegar and then 30% horticulture vinegar. What's the best time to spray? When using a solution of vinegar weed killer, the sun and heat are your best friends for effectiveness. Just like flowers and vegetable plants, weeds are most stressed when the sun is shining hot. For best control, spray weeds in mid to late afternoon on sunny days. This is when plants are most vulnerable and the vinegar absorbs and kills at a much better rate. So how to spray? We have a lot of driveway and patio space to cover at the farm, so using a sprayer is a must. One thing nice about using a vinegar or vinegar and water solution is that it is pure liquid, so clogging is never an issue. For small areas, a simple handheld pump spray bottle works great. We usually keep one already mixed and ready to go. It is perfect to apply to small weeds that appear here and there. But for larger areas, like our driveway and walkways, we use a pump sprayer. When we first started spraying, we used a 2-gallon pump sprayer. It worked incredibly well, but as we continue to add more and more space, we switched to a backpack sprayer. It holds up to 3 gallons and pumps with a simple hand motion. It is by far the easiest method to spray large areas and much easier on the back. So a few words of caution. Both regular and horticulture vinegar weed killer solutions are non-specific. That means they will kill whatever they come into contact with. Although, it is wonderful for taking care of weeds in sidewalks, walkways, and gravel areas. It is not a good solution for using on the lawn or in compact planting areas. We have used it a few times in the garden walkways for stubborn weeds, but are careful to make sure the spray never comes near our vegetable plants or growing rows. Vinegar is a natural acid, so it is important to take precautions to prevent burns to the skin and eyes. Always use goggles and gloves to prevent burns to the eyes or skin. In the end, however, I will take spraying a natural substance any day over using man-made chemicals to control weeds at our farm. Happy gardening, Jim and Mary. Alright guys, so the horticulture vinegar that he's talking about is about $25 for one gallon. So I'm going to tell you what I use. Um, definitely, if you have some, you know, you have a big area and you want to, you know, break it down this way. And, uh, you know, I can understand because they're talking about they have a lot of area. So we do have a pool in our backyard and we do have like a granite stone, uh, you know, walkway. And weeds love to pop up in there. And uh, it's just such a pain uh, to uh, to do that. And so like like I said before, before I was enlightened, I was I would use Roundup around uh, you know around the, the house. And uh, you know when I got into preparedness and I started reading and becoming more conscious of what I was using and and also wanting to garden myself, I uh, completely switched and you know never used Roundup again. So I use the regular vinegar that you buy at the grocery store. It is a lot cheaper than this twenty-five dollar uh, gallon here. Uh, but I completely, you know, again, that's like this vinegar is really strong stuff. But I think uh, my version of the weed killer works just as well. So what I do is I do about um, I empty out one gallon. I do have a pump sprayer and I will uh, agree with him that, you know, having a backpack sprayer is probably easier on your back. 
I don't have as much space as he does. So, um, you know, but the back sprayer or having uh, the, the pump sprayer, um, you know, even if you're doing a, a decent sized walkway, you're still, you know, pain in the butt. You're just hunched over and you're, you're dealing with that. But anyway, so um, I, I use a pump sprayer and it is about two gallons. I empty a whole gallon of vinegar that I'll get at the grocery store. It's usually about I mean, two bucks at the most, right? Um, and usually um, a lot less than that. And so do I do one gallon of uh, vinegar. I do and usually white vinegar, just regular vinegar. Uh, and then I do half a cup of salt, regular salt that you would put in a salt shaker. And then I do about maybe a teaspoon to a tablespoon. I don't really measure it. I just kind of shoot it in there of Dawn liquid soap. And so the, the, the salt combined with the soap, the soap will cause uh, the vinegar and the salt to stick to the, uh, to the weeds and uh, will burn it up. Now, like he's saying here with the vinegar, just using the vinegar might take a little bit longer, but I get really good results when the sun is out, just like he was saying here in this article, when the sun is out and you spray, oh my goodness, you, I mean, just like it's the weed apocalypse, right? Uh, it will take care of it and knock it out and you see dramatic results with using the salt, using the, the Dawn soap and using the vinegar. So the key is, you know, when the, when the, the, uh, the sun is out, that's a big, big key to do that. And so, uh, you know, I'll tell you, it does really, truly work. And so if you are, you know, you can do a little, a little bit if you are mixing a handheld, but I just have my pump and uh, have it ready to go, kind of like what he was talking about. And I just use it on a regular basis. And so really sometimes like I've let things go in the backyard. I've just been so busy with things that I've let things go. And so what I'll do is I'm starting to hit it. And then I'll go over it the next day and, you know, just kind of keep doing it until you really get rid of those weeds. And then you just continue to, to keep it up in, with maintenance and stuff like that. It's uh, really easy to do. Now, I will tell you, because um, I am using salt, it can get clogged up and it can ruin the, uh, the sprayer. So you might want to rinse that out every once in a while. And so there's times where salt will get stuck in the sprayer. And so it won't spray evenly. And so that's really easy. You just unscrew it, run water through it or blow into it. Uh, if, you, if you're not afraid of, you know, getting vinegar uh, taste or whatever, uh, you know, it's really easy to run some hot water into it and blow all that stuff out and, uh, and then get back to it. So um, just I, it works really, really well. I've, like, I, like I said, I've never used the, um, the horticulture vinegar that he's talking about here. Um, and maybe like if it was really, really bad, I might want to try that sometime. But the, the vinegar that I have, I'm telling you that you get from the grocery store works just as well. So again, that's one gallon of vinegar, half a, a cup of salt. And then, you know, I just, I don't measure it. I just do, uh, pour the Dawn soap in there and that it's probably about a, a tablespoon, you know, somewhere around there, uh, of that. And then I just shake it up really well and go to town. And uh, if you have bigger weeds, if you can cut them down maybe with a weed eater a little bit and then you spray it, you'll do even more damage because when you cut the weeds down uh, a little bit, then they're going to be starving for something to, uh, you know, something to, to, to drink. They're going to be looking for something. You spray it with the vinegar and, it, and it's sunny outside. You do a lot, a lot of damage. 
Again, guys, that's over at oldworldgardenfarms.com. And uh, definitely would, if you're using Roundup, please, you know, consider stopping that and going uh, a little bit more natural and uh, taking care of the weeds this way. It does work if you will get out there and you spray it when the sun is really starting to hit and it will take care of those for you. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next article. It comes actually from, uh, it's one of my personal articles that I have written and uh, it's over at Prepper website. So in the past, I used to put my articles over at Ed That Matters and right now I'm putting them over at Prepper website um, just to kind of build that up. So um, one of the problems that I have run into that it would, you know, when I look at the search analytics and stuff like that, is that I really don't have any articles on Prepper website. And so I do have some pages and things like that. And there's some things that I have written in the past, but I'm trying to put more of my own articles on Prepper website. And there's some other things that I'm going to be doing over here too, just to kind of bump up uh, the search engine uh, optimization part of a uh, part of all of this. And so uh, just, you know, I'll let you know that I'll be writing more articles for Prepper website instead of putting them over at Ed That Matters. So this one is entitled How to Achieve a Year of Preparedness. And like I said, it's over at PrepperWebsite.com. So let's go ahead and jump into this one. We all believe in preparedness. If you didn't, you wouldn't be reading or listening to this article right now. But we should also want to make sure we're moving forward with our preparedness. We don't want to stay stagnant. You don't want to get a couple of items and put them in your pantry or our closets and think that we're going to be okay. We want to make sure that we are getting more and more prepared every day. It's important to move from where we are in our preparedness journey and take it to the next step. If you are not purposeful in how you're preparing, then you're going to bounce around from day to day and month to month. Before you know it, days have turned into months, months have turned into years, you might have a little bit of preparedness, some skills here, some gear there. You'll have a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but you wouldn't have moved forward in big, actionable movements to get you where you want to be in your preparedness. This article is going to discuss being a little bit more purposeful in your preparedness. I want to give you a couple of ideas of where to go. Remember, we, are, we all want to get better prepared. We don't want to stay where we are. So in order to move forward in our preparedness, let's look at three important questions. Do you have goals? Are you working on a preparedness plan? And do you have accountability? So set your goals for one year of preparedness. Do you have a goal of where you want to be in a year? When most preppers come into preparedness, they usually have a freak out moment. I don't know if you had that freak out moment, but I know that I did. When we get into preparedness, we often start bouncing around and realize that this world we live in is very fragile. You begin to worry. And if we're going to be honest, there is fear that sets in when you realize how fragile our world is. You may even start panicking. I remember when I first started prepping, I would walk into a grocery store and thank God I had a list of things to get. I was often on autopilot and in a daze thinking about how I needed this to be prepared or I needed that to be prepared. You may have experienced something like this as well. If we don't get ourselves out of that mode, if we don't start becoming strategic and purposeful, we are always going to just be gathering supplies here and there. We need to have goals. I like to think about goals in a one-year perspective. Where do you want to be in your preparedness in one year? Your goals need to be very realistic. For example, when you think about one-year preparedness, food storage is very important. 
You might want to have one year of food storage, but I wouldn't suggest it. I would have a smaller goal to focus on, especially starting out. Again, one year of food storage is doable, but I would recommend smaller goals. You need to be purposeful about it. You need to be realistic. So back to the one year of food storage example. It's a big goal, but let's just say that it's doable for some. However, I like to be more realistic. I like to break it down into chunks. As I get older, time rolls by. I look back and I realize I've been prepping for a while. The years add up. So be realistic in your one year of preparedness. So we can chunk that first year into three months. After one year of preparedness, you want to have three months of food storage. That is very doable and very realistic. That is a good goal to have. You may want to have three months worth of food or so, many gallons of water, or an emergency fund with three months worth of expenses. You may want to learn a new skill every month. These goals are doable and very realistic. What if you want to be a pro bushcrafter? And that's not realistic. Could you do that? Yes, you could do it. Could you learn a lot? Yes, you could learn a whole lot. But it's not realistic. We need to chunk it so that we can meet our goals in one year. If you have three months of food, you are more prepared than most people. You are likely in the top 1% of the population. If you can build on that goal every year, you would be doing great. Have a goal that's realistic and be specific. A word of warning. You could throw a lot of money into preparing. You would have a lot of things in place. You could be better prepared as far as food and materials and gear. But in my opinion, you don't want to throw in a bunch of money, buy a bunch of stuff, and then put it in a closet and think you're prepared. That could lead to a false sense of security. However, if you're like most of us, you don't have a lot of money to throw into preparedness to become instantly prepared. So you need to have goals. So plan your one year of preparedness. Do you have a plan for your one year of preparedness? You need to have a plan. Even though you have a goal, it will be considered pie in the sky if you don't have a plan to work through those goals. So you need to have a plan. One thing that you should do when you start planning is to write it down. Write down that you want to have three months worth of food storage in one year. When you write it down, you can see it and it becomes real for you. As you continue with your plan, write down specifics about it. Start breaking it down. You may not be able to get three months worth of food storage in the first month, but you have 12 months to work at it. What could you do? Maybe you could add a week's worth of food storage every month. At the end of the year, you would have three months worth of food storage in your pantry. Again, write it down and be very specific. Write down the amount and the money you can devote to your goal. Decide if you would like to spend $25 each month or $100 per month on your food storage. Maybe you have $50 per month you would like to spend on acquiring new skills. With that $50 per month, you could buy books or a membership to something to allow you to watch preparedness videos online. Whatever it might be, be very specific about the amount and the price. It will help you provide parameters for your goals. So can others work your plan? You want your plan to reach a point where if you couldn't work the plan for a month, like you became bedridden, you would be able to hand it over to someone such as a family member and ask them to work it for you. Make it easy for them. They will know to go to the grocery store and buy five cans of this and three cans of that and a bag of rice and a bag of beans. They will know to take it home and put it in this container or that container. When you have your plan laid out, you won't have to spend so much energy trying to figure it all out and putting it all together. 
you might want to try giving your plan to someone and ask them if the plan is clear to them. Find out if they could work your plan if you didn't tell them anything else about it or spend any more time with them. Find out if they could work your plan by themselves and become better prepared. So are you accountable for one year of preparedness? Lastly, do you have someone you can be accountable to for your one year of preparedness? You need to be accountable if you're going to succeed. Accountability is important and there are at least two ways you can do it. The first way is to have someone in your life that you're able to bounce ideas off of and share your plan. You might be able to find a preparedness buddy and share your plan. Check in with check in with each other during scheduled times to find out if you both have worked your preparedness plan like if you both bought the food storage for the month or this week. Find out if your buddy bought his five cans of green beans. If your buddy says that they were able to work their plan this week, then great. If not, when will they do it? Decide to check back in. That's the typical form of accountability to have in place. It's powerful when you know you're going to be accountable to someone else. The second time of accountability is with yourself. I know there's a lot of preppers out there that feel like they're completely alone. They are prepping on their own. If you don't have a preparedness buddy, check in with yourself. Set a calendar appointment, an alarm, or an email that reminds you. For example, set a time on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. After you wake up and you have your first cup of coffee, review your plan and make sure you're holding yourself accountable. Make sure you're working your plan and that you've done what you needed to do. If you haven't worked your plan, then make arrangements to get it done. These three aspects of preparedness are important. You need to set goals, have a plan written down and put in place that is simple enough that anyone can understand it and roll with it if they need to. And you need to be accountable to someone else or to yourself and have a time set aside to stop to reflect on whether you've met those goals. This is how you don't prep on accident. You don't find yourself at the end of one year wondering what you've really done. This is a three-step plan for becoming better prepared in one year. If you're looking for more information on planning, you can check out the Prepper website, Tag Cloud. All right. So, guys, that is an article that I wrote and try to really spell it out for you. I did get some good feedback on this article as far as, you know, this is a, a good way of setting up, you know, your preparedness plans and uh, being accountable and writing it down and, you know, setting up a plan that's so easy that someone else can read it and completely understand it and work it. And so uh, hopefully this will be a blessing to you as well. And uh, it helps you to understand preparedness just a little bit better and how to uh, not prep on accident. Because that, uh, unfortunately, I think that happens to a lot of people. We, we get our, our, we, our eyes are open. We, you know, we realize how scary the world is. We start, you know, reading some articles. We start making some, you know, purchases. We start doing this and that. But there's really no goal. There's really no end goal to where where we're going. And so we just have accumulated stuff. We want to make sure that we have a plan. And so hopefully this will help you out. So again, this is over at PrepperWebsite.com. If you want to reread it or go take a look at it a little bit more closely, I'm going to link to it, like always, in the show notes. All right, guys. Well, that is it for episode 335. Thanks so much for hanging out with me on this episode. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. Hey, and take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. 
And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.